0: I also missed the Bolton game, but unlike you, I'm dedicated to this podcast, so uh, I found a copy of it and watched the whole thing. Very good. Easy to do, really. I can't say that I would have done the same with the Benfica game, but the fact that we won 5-0 made it nice and easy to go back and look for more than just highlights of that game. What, What did you take out of the... Much of the day coverage.
1: say not used to watching United games in limited format. Some fine goals, another dynamic performance from United, secure at the back. I thought Phil Jones in particular was outstanding and uh, interesting to kind of pick him out really I suppose given that uh, really got three and Hernandez got two but it was just felt like another confirmation that Jones is a, is a player on the rise and um, uh, all around you know, positives came out of that game especially away from home. I mean it's a long time since we've talked about United being so good away from home. Yeah it was a magnificent performance by
0: Phil Jones playing at right back which was kind of interesting. Chris Morling came on late in the game but didn't go out to right back and put Phil Jones in in the middle. Jones played the whole game there. So when I put a shout out for questions for this week's show we had a couple of people asking a question that we've already been asked this season which you've been pretty firm about but I don't think it's going to go away uh, and it's the question about Phil Jones being moved up and played as a midfielder. I'm sure that before his United career is over he'll play some games in the centre of midfield but only in the way that John O'Shea did hes no, I don't think he's going to be transformed into an actual central midfielder because he's such a good defender
1: yeah I think that's right I, I wonder if it's a British thing really we, yeah, we see a defender who can play the ball and we, we assume that he should be in midfield and I really don't think that's the right use for his talents I mean we had the same debate about Rio Ferdinand you know, 15 years ago I think just because he was so comfortable on the ball and, and Jones the same of course Jones has got the kind of muscular thing as well that, that marks him out. I mean you wouldn't, you wouldn't say he'd look out a place in midfield but is it going to get the best out of a player is he, is he going to be for want of a better cliche a world class midfielder uh, in the way that many people think he would be a, a world class defender I'd, I'd say not and I'd say that limit his benefit to the team just because he could do it doesn't mean you should do it
0: So I really enjoyed the Bolton game obviously it was a, another fantastic performance and you know that the one big downside of it was obviously the cleverly injury he's out for a month courtesy of Kevin Davis I thought United coped extremely well, without Cleverly, which is kind of a weird sentence considering we won the league with him on loan at Wigan last season. But actually, that you, you know, you were talking about our lack of Plan B in central midfield, but Carrick and Anderson together. Worked. I mean, we were we were one nil up just a couple of minutes before Carrick came on. So obviously coming on in a favourable position. But but you know most of United's lively and buzzing movement and activity continued unabated with Carrick on the pitch. The rest of that personnel in- ensures that it's still going to happen. Obviously, there's a, a slight lack of dynamism and creativity when you take Cleverly out of the side and replace him with Carrick. But it, it seemed to be all right.
1: Yes, it it, it did. I mean, it does change the the makeup of of what United. Brings. I mean, one of one of the criticisms I've I've had of, uh, say, Anderson uh, over the years is his ability to keep the ball, and, and that's still the case. And actually, he did very well against Bolton. Uh, just looking at the stats, and they don't tell you everything, of course, but he, he managed to complete 85% of his passes, uh, which is much better than Anderson's overall record away from home last season. Yeah, good good point. In the tick box, I think Carrick will always be Carrick. He's uh, he's great recycling ball for when United break it wasn't one of those games where actually United needed the break very much and, and he just did the simple things when he got the ball which is, which is fine but I think United will miss cleverly. I, I think they'll miss his uh, ability to dictate the tempo of playing and Anderson did that very well actually. I think there was a there was one lovely passage of play where Anderson touched the ball five, six times in the space of a few seconds and uh, and his ability to pass, move, pass again was great but what worries me about Anderson and a thing that has never changed with him is his ability to yeah. a retain position and, and b played the, the right ball in the final third and I, I think play does break down around him quite a bit and th- and that's a that's an observation which is backed up by the statistics uh, over uh, you know, 100 nearly 150 games for United now. Yeah, I
0: mean, of course, that's that's it's un it's undeniably the case. But equally, the start of this season, I think you can say is probably the longest consistent period of form he's he's had. I mean, that's a slightly dubious statement since the season's a month in. But still, he he has had an absolutely excellent month.
1: Yeah, he re- he really has. He really has. I mean, it's all about balance, though, in United's midfield. I mean, if United are going to play sort of four four one one with Rooney sort of in the in the hole, what do we need uh, as the the two other players. So Anderson uh, you know, it appears to have not made it as a kind of number 10 fantasista player that people, many play, play, people thought he. He would be, and I, you know, I would argue that his, his performances show that he can't do that role, and so if he's not going to be that, what is he? Because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem to perform well as the, as the kind of screening defensive player either, so I think that's a challenge uh, that Anderson faces, really. For all the energy and drive that he does bring when he's on form and, and not eating so many pies, what, what is he? And, and, and what's the right balance for United? So United have been so good playing alongside cleverly. Will they be the same sort of attacking force if, they play, if he plays alongside Carrick or Fletcher?
0: Well, the the thing is, they will so long as he can, you know, make sure that he involves the wingers. Because as soon as as soon as you have a front four of Young, Nani and Valencia, Nani or Valencia, and then Hernandez and Rooney or Welbeck and Rooney up front, then there's so much movement, dynamism. There's so much support for the strikers from the wingers you know that that so long as the midfield are effective at winning the ball back and not giving possession away uh th- and they can you know make some runs to create space they're, they're doing their job you know and they allow that front four to express itself and yeah if you have cleverly in there who can join Rooney in the in in that you know forward-lying attacking midfield position then that's that's advantageous but I think that there are still options which could prove to be effective based on the rest of the team, uh, even without Cleverly. I mean,
1: I, I think I think one, one of the challenges was showing up in the game against Benfica. We have to we have to concede that neither Fletcher or Carrick are fully fit yet. I mean, uh, I mean Carrick's not been injured, but this was the first time he'd played against Bolton, so he got sort of eighty odd minutes there, and then then the ninety against Benfica, and and uh, this is Fletcher's first game. Uh, uh, albeit two for Scotland, so so perhaps neither of them are, are really seasoned sharp yet. But there is a marked difference in the dynamism of United's midfield. It was United 2010-11 rather than United 2011-2012, and I guess that's my point really. Uh, without cleverly, it does change the makeup of United's of United's team, and we're back talking again uh, about the need for a, a creative midfielder.
0: But I I couldn't really disagree more that you can draw any conclusions from that. Benfica game about what say the game against Chelsea is going to be like because the Benfica game was missing for a start the formation was was uh, basically 4-5-1 and he had park on the left and you know the the dynamism and fluency it wasn't it it was there were so many personnel changes and all the people that had been responsible for that incredible fluent play were all out at once as well as the system of chicharito or earlier than that in the season well back creating space for Rooney you know it was Rooney create trying to create his own space and there not being any all day um, And in fact, actually, Giggs' goal came from one of the few times when there was really dynamic running off the ball, and that gave him that couple of yards of space, which he he obviously took extremely well in what was a pretty poor game for him. But just to to go back to the Bolton game, Hernandez's, I think it was his first goal, the second goal, his movement in the build-up to that goal was absolutely incredible he just went one way faked to go the other and then back the first way again and he just completely and utterly beat the defender with a tiny bit of running but it was so
1: smart it was brilliant to see way too good for Cahill wasn't it
0: yeah it was and and I mean you know very difficult to defend against movement of that kind I'm sure um stunning to see uh that was my pick of the goals actually from that game just for that just for that little run I really enjoyed
1: it yeah and that's what that's what he brings and that's and it also brought the best out of really and uh, and it would be nice to see that against Chelsea I, I you know no it, it, uh Twice uh, at Old Trafford last season in the Premier League and in Europe, United uh, played both Rooney and Hernandez and away from home, in fact, and uh, it did the trick, didn't it? So you'd expect Ferguson to, to take his cue from that uh, for Sunday's game, but but who knows?
0: Well, I mean, you say who knows? I'd I'd be genuinely jaw-droppingly shocked, and I think the Benfica game points fingers very much towards that the starting lineup will be basically the team that faced Bolton, uh, albeit with Carrick instead of cleverly, I'd be I'd be really surprised if it if it's anything other than that because it, Ferguson's got bags of faith in these kids and my goodness they're rewarding it because you know we were talking about how away at Bolton was a tough game and we just went and completely calypsoed them to death. You know, it was just Manchester United this season so far. It's been a sight to behold, I, you know. I guess the the Benfica game takes the edge slightly off because it was such a pedestrian and dull game. But that was a strategic decision, not a tactical
1: one, that starting lineup. That was about the... F- oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, t- 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 totally. And i yeah, I've got a massive amount of stick on Twitter for saying this was a predictable performance. And uh, I'm not quite sure why people got so offended by that. I mean, it was a predictable performance, six, six players who hadn't started a game previously this season uh, You know a lot of the uh, less dynamic players starting and and we got what you might expect I suppose well, actually I think a lot of it was down to rustiness which you know, fair enough, fair enough they all needed the game and, and Ferguson took a gamble on that and, it, and look, to, to get back to that, that, that point about Chelsea, yes I'm sure you're right, it'll be a very similar uh, make-up to the, to the game against Bolton and I guess the question is and this big question actually after the Benfica game is who plays in the centre, centre of defence Ferdinand Will protected him uh, for the European game and, and actually I think that points to the fact that he might not play that many European games at least in the, the early stages and, and who does he play with because uh, Evans had I have to say a fairly shaky game against Benfica and, and it was uh, not exactly last season but it wasn't his finest performance in a red shirt so uh, with, with Jones playing so well does he come back into the side does Smalling return at right back Fabio didn't have a bad game by any means does he keep his place? And Raphael obviously not fit yet, but Ferguson's got plenty of choices there.
0: Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. I mean, and, you know, we've talked about it before and, and our first, I don't know what our first choice back four is anymore. I really don't. But uh, J- any, Evans did have a bad game, but he was playing alongside Chris Smalling. And, you know, Johnny Evans still needs... Someone alongside him because he's still much much better when he plays alongside Real or Vidic than he is when he plays alongside anyone else. And and he he did look a little shaky. I don't think he had a terrible game. I guess he could have done a bit better for the goal, but I think you know it was a good good piece of attacking play as well so you know it wasn't like he just let one in through his legs or anything and and he you know he didn't look terrible by any means also the right back question is just completely i don't know how you answer that question at the moment because smalling was excellent there jones was uh you know he was given man of the match in the times on sunday playing at right back in a game we won five nil where rooney scored a hat trick which was Rather extraordinary, and and obviously, yeah, Fabio had a good game against Benfica, and he is the most natural fullback of any of them, you'd say, you know, because he he can cross the ball. Although Jones's Jones's distribution from right back was pretty
1: impressive. Oh yeah, he's very he's very comfortable there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I I have to say, I wouldn't want to put money on this one because I'm not exactly sure. I mean, the temp, the temptation, um, I mean, Evans has played all the games this season. Uh, he's been the, the, the one that hasn't moved. So if I was betting on it, I'd say Evans will probably play and, and uh, Smalling will probably coming right back. Uh, if I was picking the side, I, I probably wouldn't uh, have it uh, that way around at all. I, I just think before we move on
0: to the predictions of the team sheet and all that stuff, um, a word about about Wayne Rooney because uh, two hat-tricks in a row incredible incredible start to the season and an amazing advert for hair transplants <laughs> yeah do you, do you reckon that's it yeah I mean honestly honestly I don't think that that is the reason but uh, you know the fact that he had the hair transplant at all obviously means that no pun intended it was weighing on his mind you know if he'd been completely relaxed about going bald he wouldn't have had a very public hair transplant but the man obviously wanted hair on his head If you know for a bald listeners i'm not saying that it's actually better to have hair but rooney obviously believes that it is better to have hair because otherwise he wouldn't have spent all that money and gone through all that pain to get hair on his head um and it's making him you know he's just bristling with confidence yes
1: yes i'm
0: not saying it's just the hair
1: i'm saying you know that's part of the picture I, I, i'm sure it's also to do with, with uh, family life settling down and the contract situation sorted out and and all of that together yeah so yeah. i mean he's come back to united now uh, having had a good rest uh, so he's physically refreshed without an injury with many things settled in his his uh, personal life and and none of the distractions of last season and and now we're seeing the, the real Wayne Rooney and, and, and he's a player scoring a, a load of goals uh, but also from a slightly deeper position I mean it's, it's fantastic I mean Ferguson talked about it this week he said he hoped that with uh, Hernandez and, and Rooney uh, we'd have two players who score over 25 goals this season I have to say I can't see anything other than that unless one of them gets injured no I mean th- th- yeah absolutely they're going to be
0: champing at the bit to beat each other for goals but they obviously also it would seem get on pretty well don't they there's, there seems to be a good, good spirit amongst them they're not they're not. neither of them are greedy you know they both score tons of goals but neither of them take chances if there's a you know if there's a pass on which can lead right. to a goal
1: so, and and they just have such incredibly complementary skills don't they they do and it, it really works as a partnership I mean of course it, it leaves some uh, pretty big question marks over some of, of some of United's other strikers obviously Michael Owen who Ferguson promised uh get more game time this season he's got precisely uh, uh, what naught minutes so far in the Premier League it doesn't look like that's going to happen very much I? I guess he m- he might play against Leeds in the Carling Club next week Dimitar Berbatov's had no time at all either and uh, appears to be fourth choice at the moment so in fifth and uh, you know assuming De- Danny Welbeck comes back uh, to fitness soon Diouf, who it seems that United are asking for one report uh, and you know take it with a pinch of salt I guess but uh, United asking for six million pounds I'm and they spent about uh, three and a half million on him so looking for a profit on a player who's scored three Premier League goals in 26 games last season interesting transfer strategy that one but of course backed by Thomas Cusack who said United were asking for too much money for him too and so um yeah, plenty of options for Ferguson, but also uh, a lot of players potentially unhappy there. Yeah, you didn't even mention Kiko Makeda, did you? Yeah, well, he's so far out of the picture. It's it's a wonder that he hasn't uh, they haven't sold him out a, a loan deal. I mean, it's really incredible, actually. Uh, I mean, obviously uh, Gibson's situation we know, but Kuzak, uh, Diuff, and Makeda are really out in the cold at the moment. You could add a fifth in Berbatov there, though, Ferguson insists he'll play some games. Yeah, I mean the. The thing is, when is he going to play and who's he going to play against? I mean, you could,
0: you could see Berbatov and Owen maybe even starting together against Leeds because they sort of make sense as a front two. But if he does do that, it's a big risk because neither of them have played. They'll both be presumably out of sorts, you know, just because strikers, strikers need a bit of a run-up, don't they, to get going? That's, that's what it's like being a striker.
1: Right, but that's what the Carling Cup's for, I guess. I mean, uh, it used to be for uh, bloody youngsters, now it appears to be more for giving, giving squad players some minutes on the pitch. Yeah, because the youngsters are being blooded in the
0: first team in the Premier League. Yeah, right. We, we had a question, actually, um, co- a couple of things from at MUFC Jeff, asking if we could have a little discussion of Patrice Evra's, well, he's his poor form, I, I would say mixed form. Actually, I thought he had an alright game against Benfica. He's definitely, definitely not had a very good couple of seasons ever following a storming season three years ago that disastrous World Cup uh, in France I don't think he's been the same since then actually
1: no 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 I, I think you're probably right actually yeah I, I thought he was all right over the last six months of last season and he's been yeah about average uh, you could say from a defensive point of view he should have done more for Benfica's goal as well although Evans got turned extremely easily uh Evra wasn't covering so um, that allowed the uh, lad Cardozo to turn onto his right foot so and, and there have been other goals this season you might put down to ever's positional sense as well so yeah it, it, it's a I wouldn't say it's a worry because he's still a quality player but um perhaps we're not getting the same out of the player that we used to and, and ferguson doesn't often live with that so especially in in players he regards as first team rather than squad material so we'll, we'll see about that I mean I, I can't imagine that he he's looking for a, a new player right now but uh, if if an, if an option came up in next summer I think I think they might think about it because ever is 30 now so uh, getting to the point where you might lose a bit of pace as well yeah absolutely um, and
0: you know it's such a huge part of his game isn't it his pace and general physical presence and dynamism and you know he's, he's a potent contributor to a lot of attacks down the left hand side as well the thing about it is if he was a right back there's no I don't think he'd be really even you know I think he'd be maybe third choice at right back the way he's played the last you know the, the last little period of time but the, there is nowhere near the quality at left-back in the squad that there is at right-back, obviously.
1: No, no, I mean, Fabio hasn't had a game at left-back for quite a long time and I suppose he's a right-footed player but he's extremely comfortable in that position. So, I mean, I don't think I don't think we need to be worried about it. Uh, I think United are overstocked in defence and uh, we have, I mean, uh, yeah, two two options at left-back but they're two pretty high-quality options. I mean, after all, Fabio started the Champions League final so Ferguson must have some uh, pretty deep faith in the player and plenty of options across the road of the back four
0: yeah he started he started at right back though and it is a different position it's on the
1: whole other side of the pitch you might have been uh, about to talk about it before I interrupted you there but um, another player who's made a significant contribution this week Anders Lindegaard well well, well done I was going to say talking
0: of good cover behind a first choice player that's that's where I was going but yeah absolutely Anders Lindegaard was what I was coming on to terrific performance against Benfica
1: yeah I mean he's done what he needed to do he made I'd say three excellent saves on his left hand one with his right hand and uh, a couple well actually maybe more than that, a couple couple low down, and, and uh, very solid in everything he did uh, defensively so you couldn't fault him I, I mean I still think uh, that De Gea is the class keeper oh, yeah. and, and, and uh, especially with his distribution De Gea's distribution is fantastic I mean he's like he's like having a fifth defender back there he's so comfortable on the ball I think that means a lot and uh, Ferguson will give Lindegaard time I mean he'll, he'll, he has already basically said he'll play at Leeds and I, I would expect Lindegaard to play in quite a few the European games and and the FA Cup and stuff as well and they'll uh, um, maybe the distribution of games over the season will be two thirds for the De Gea and a third for Lindergaard or something like that. So, you know, slightly more skewed than it was under Van Dessau. But, uh, I, you know, I think they're going to give De Gea plenty of time to acclimatise to English football. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's no... I don't think that... Wh- however good Lindegaard was against Benfica, I don't think really he was playing for a place in the number one shirt, metaphorically speaking, because De Gea is... You know, he's been bought to be number one. But it was great to see... Lindegaard sort of slipping into cover because you know Kushek was whenever Kushek played there's always that worry you know there's always that, that sense of uncertainty but Lindegaard looked really certain but his distribution is just not on the same planet as De Gea's, De Gea's because I mean you know with the ball at his feet De Gea is just you know I have never, I don't think I've ever seen a goalkeeper like it and van der Sar was very good on the ball actually
1: van der, van der Sar was very comfortable kicking the ball De Gea passes the ball I mean at yeah. times he doesn't absolutely absolutely whack it upfield and he just picks out a pass yeah
0: no it's fantastic and it, and it makes a huge difference in the modern game having a goalkeeper who can pass the ball it's like when we when Schmeichel was our keeper and he basically revolutionised throwing the ball out because he could throw it so far and so accurately and so fast it's it's that much of an advantage to have a keeper who, who can pass that well
1: yeah absolutely I mean it's, it's uh, it gives United an extra option at the back I, I think it's fantastic I mean it's, it's a good point though yeah, the challenge between the two of them and uh, I think it's a question that uh, Kelly Cates who's uh, Kenny Dalglish's daughter the roving reporter for for ITV asked Ferguson and he he didn't like it very much did he after the Benfica game and and no he did not I I, I think it is to do with the phrasing of the question where she asked uh, does that give you a selection dilemma and Ferguson took that as a criticism of David De Gea which of course it was it was meant to be because antagonism is the best form of broadcast journalism isn't it so and uh, I I think uh, she expected and got that kind of reaction and then backtracked and said no it's a compliment about Anders Lindegard which is uh, not exactly how she phrased the question but I thought it was quite a spiky response. Surely it can't be because she's Kenny's daughter that's just outrageous if it is Well I I got an interesting tweet and he said that uh, Kelly Dalglish as she was then called was actually in the tunnel after one infamous bust up between Ferguson and, and Dalglish in the late 80s.
0: Right but presumably she was very small at the time. Very small.
1: Scarred for life, though. You know? Didn't didn't play a key role in that. No, I mean she is of course the the only Dalgleish who's participating in Europe this season. <laughs> Except when Liverpool go away
0: to uh, Swansea. Yeah. The Benfica game was really really boring and that upset a lot of people. But uh, I really did not understand the response to that game which I saw I guess United fans are really spoiled by not just success but a, a way of playing but A we don't play that way away from home in Europe we, we really don't we're always boring away from home in Europe almost without exception um, until the later stages of the Champions League and B it's that's on paper the hard well, not just on paper I'm, I'm pretty sure in practice that's going to be the hardest game of the group by an absolute mile oh yeah yeah. And the point is completely ample. So, well,
1: what what are we talking about? Ten points to guarantee qualification, probably twelve to guarantee the top of the group. You will get twelve in games against Alta Lungi and Basel. I mean, yeah, they're two very average sides. So, uh, and and that will be with Ferguson and rotating. Uh, as a euphemism for playing the second string. So uh, I don't think you to have any worries about this group whatsoever.
0: No, but I just think it's a sort of, you know, everyone sort of is going to have to get used to it. And going off on what terrible selection it is seems seems to me to be incredibly narrow having a very narrow focus no I mean
1: look, look I, I, I think it was from, you know in, in hindsight it, it was the right selection wasn't it it was I mean we made a lot of changes all at one go so you know there's a combination of factors contributed to a poor performance and a pretty dull game a lot of changes all at one go losing some of the younger more dynamic more dynamic players and the way United play away from home in Europe and they all contributed to a pretty predictable performance I thought
0: yeah no absolutely I, I couldn't agree more but that's fine it does the job yeah, it's no, it's no fun, and it is much, much better when. Um, at Roy Keane's gum, used the word swashbuckling, uh, which is a brilliant description of how United have been this season. But that the those Tuesday and Wednesday nights where we're playing away from home uh, for the next couple of months are going to be the times when our swash loses some of its buckle.
1: Yeah, o- almost. That. I mean, i I, I was just uh, thinking while you were saying that i was struggling to remember a time that United went away from home in Europe and were were just really, really dynamic. I mean, certainly not in the last three. Three years, I'll say. So, when admittedly United have lost very few games away from home, we lost a game at at Bayern Munich in the knockout stages. <clears throat> I have to say, I don't remember a, a, another loss uh, away from home in the last three years. No, we we Ferguson
0: has got it down to a fine. Well, I was going to say a fine art, but actually he's got it down to a science because it, it stops being fine art when we play away from home in Europe. Uh, talking of swashbuckling United, or in this case former United players, you know Ed, I've often said that you know other podcasters are. are are jealous of us because we're handsome and uh, have such good sound quality. And Cristiano Ronaldo would back back that up. He says, "I think I am whistled at because I am handsome, rich, and a great player, and people
1: are jealous of me." Yes, and 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 we spoke earlier about how he he made the first point being handsome. Yeah, absolutely. Logs on to narcissism are us, and yeah, so uh, uh, incredible. I mean, or, or not incredible, just entirely predictable from. Chris. Christiano, isn't it, Annie? The, the the man, the ego. It's unbelievable.
0: You know, I you know that that, that two thousand and two World Cup ad where they made the big statue of him? He didn't realise it was supposed to be ironic, did he? He thought no, this is ex- no, it was 2010. It was because it was the same advert as the Rooney Beard advert. Yes, yes. Um, he just didn't... There was no irony in that for, for him. He was just like, nope, that's right. I'm going to go and win the World Cup. And then they're going to put up a statue of me.
1: They have a festival in Valentia every year where they uh, make giant papier-mâché statues and then set them on fire. And they made a huge one of Cristiano looking into a mirror a couple of years ago, and uh, which was just perfect. And then they set it on fire. Not that I'm advocating that for Cristiano. Of course not, man. No. You know, we love we we love the chat but he is Jose Mourinho aside the, the biggest ego in football
0: he is I have to say though he sure can back it up his start to this season has been absolutely electric him and his old uh, sparring partner not sparring partner but striking partner Wayne Rooney and he have, have both both started the season on
1: uh, just on fire and just cannot stop scoring and and he, he did exactly the same last season and the season before a phenomenal strike record Ronaldo and uh, I, I mean he if, if it wasn't for the fact that Lionel Messi existed, then, then there would be very little doubt about it, who the best player in the world is. Uh, but, um, but Messi does exist, and, and Ronaldo has, uh, in some ways, to live in the guy's shadow. Even though he, he'll probably score 50 goals this season. It's like Salieri and Mozart, isn't it? That's that's except it's not really like that at all. Do you miss him? Do you miss Ronaldo? Well, I mean, I miss what he gives to you, gave to the United side. I, I don't miss the circus. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't enjoy the circus that goes around with him and. And it's uh, I have to say, I wouldn't enjoy the circus that, that may come to United if, if Jose ever takes over. But for that reason, I, I don't miss him. The the histrionics, the, his performance for Real Madrid this week uh, is, was very much the same. Constantly complaining to the referee as he got kicked a few times, but... No more than usual, and and uh, there's just something about that that's not very pleasant. No,
0: absolutely, I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm just not that big a Ronaldo fan, really. And it's I I, I said right right back when we very first started the rantcast, I compared him to weapons, having a weapon of mass destruction in your side. It's extremely useful. You'd rather he was at your side than other sides, but it's not very pleasant or morally elevating to have him around the place.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think that's changed much. But you've got to love his interviews. He's <laughs> completely and us- non-committal on absolutely everything and, and someone asked him this week whether he'd be prepared to move to Angie Makalakala, um who uh, the Russian side who's spending um, petro billions on, on footballers and and there is a, a a huge contract on offer apparently and and in, instead of saying no I'm uh, at the club uh, of my boyhood dreams and I'll be staying at Real Madrid he said don't bet against me moving to Russia one day <gasps> because not
0: enough money exists to cover the bet if I bet on me and get paid the money crazy it's it's unimaginable of course Jose Mourinho turned Anzi down no doubt thinking moo money moo problems
1: yeah Uh, what was that 28 million pound contract he was offered for two years so the rumours go I mean it's probably not surprising really given how much uh, Samuel Eto'o is being paid Uh, this is a club that's not worrying about uh, having to meet UEFA's fair financial fair play criteria no
0: that's totally all commercially valid income
1: yeah yeah well I mean they'll, they'll uh, probably get a 400 million pound a year petrodollar you know sponsorship contract and uh, end up calling themselves the Gazprom Campus or something like that talking of Gazprom Campus we're playing Chelsea at the weekend
0: and their petrodollars you know the, the people are sort of I don't know, there's there's obviously and rightly so huge amounts of press coverage of the extraordinary start to the seasons the Manchester clubs have made, but Chelsea haven't really dropped very many points so far, they don't look impressive yet, but they're still winning uh, a a new manager, lots of stuff to contend with, but they're they're, they're still not to be taken for granted are they?
1: No, they're definitely not to be taken for granted, and they've got plenty of people who could be match winners both on Sunday and help Chelsea go on a a long run, I mean they're a slightly ageing squad and I think that is part of their problem, and they're playing a very slow style of football at the moment, but they're trying to change that, and I think, especially Juan Mata, who, who's an excellent, he's really a really fine player, and I think he'll do very well for, for Chelsea, is is you know helping to change that uh, style of play for them, and we can make fun of Fernando Torres all we like, and he's had a very bad six months, but at some point, the, the guy's class will shine through, and he's going to start scoring goals again, it's inevitable, and uh, it might well be against United, I mean, he got two assists in the Champions League, and, and that's going to give him some uh, significant confidence, I'd say.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned their slow style and Fernando Torres, of course, Torres got himself into a little bit of trouble by describing the team's style as sort of un-Premier League like and slow. Uh, There was some debate as to whether that was kind of a mistranslation because he wasn't, like, slagging the team off or anything. I
1: think it was perfectly fair observation. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's
1: it's like saying the team plays in blue shirts. Yes, perhaps slightly more contentious than that, I don't know. Uh, odd, Odd thing for him to say, though. Yes, and especially as it was actually put on his official website so yeah. but I, I think it's one of those things in football you can't be seen to directly criticise any of your, your teammates can you? It's got to be kept in the dressing room and, and even in the dressing room that probably wouldn't be accepted. Uh, but he's right I, I think Chelsea need to, he's probably looked at the way Barcelona play uh, the way United uh, is now playing in fact the way City is now playing and, and realised that uh, the way Chelsea are playing slow, slow, slow and then a bit more slow is is you know not to his benefit and, and they do need to Jackson pace, especially around the final third, because they they are more predictable than than the the current top two. No,
0: absolutely. Um, of course, not really in a position to make fun of other team star strikers slagging off their teammates. Football memories may be short, but. It was only one year ago that we were in a very similar position. No, right,
1: and and Rooney's Rooney's indiscretion was way more serious. He didn't directly criticise his teammates, of course, but that was the implication of of uh, saying the club lacked ambition to win trophies and and so on. So yeah, and and, and that's sort of what I'm saying about Torres. I, I think he's obviously frustrated because the team isn't playing to the the way he he wants. He's not playing as he wants, but at some point it will click. And as we've seen with Wayne Rooney, you know, class players do come back and. Uh, he is a class player, and he's got plenty to offer. And, and I, I think he will start scoring again uh, once he feels confident. And and uh, and, and in fact, I think uh, the injury to Didier Drogba could well help him because he's uh, he's now the, the senior man in that Chelsea strike force. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, as I said earlier, I think that the starting lineup is basically going to be the starting lineup against Bolton. Um, I'm going from the like Rooney, Chicharito, Young. Uh, I think Nani. Although I would actually really like to see Valencia and and how much Valencia destroyed. Ashley Cole last season. I think there's a there's a decent chance we will see Valencia, who uh, looked pretty good actually uh, in in United's you know, all-round unedifying performance against Benfica. So, all right, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Valencia on the right, Carrick and Anderson in the middle, um, and then a back four: Evera, Ferdinand, Jones, Fabio. That's you know, so that's t- picking names on straws basically.
1: Well, I mean, I have to say, if I was picking a back four, that's the, probably the one I would go with. As I said before, I think Evans will probably. Probably play. As for Valencia Nani, if Valencia was fit and had played uh, some time, then then you'd think Ferguson would probably go with him just because he's he's uh, he's more reliable and and ripped Ashley Cole a new one at the end of last season. But uh, that was his first game back, so I, I wonder whether um, you know it might have taken quite a bit out of him. And, and Ferguson would go with the freshness that Nani brings. I mean, uh, Valencia lasted what about 70 minutes last night, and I, I think uh, that points to Nani starting against Chelsea.
0: I think you play Nanny for the, you know, you play Valencia for the for the first hour and bring Nanny on for the last hour to terrify the life out of Ashley Cole. But you could do it the other way around as well, couldn't you? So you know, brilliant impact substitute potentially, Valencia. You,
1: you could, you could, and and uh, I think we'll both uh, assume that United will start with Hernandez and Rooney up front. Uh, you know, despite Ferguson's long time wish to play three in midfield in big games, he, he seemed to have got over that one against Chelsea last season, and we'll probably see that. And and Chelsea will continue to play the. the in the 433. Style they have been and, and the Maluda's played on the uh, across the front three at times and yeah you wonder whether that's always seated in this season but Juan Mata has been fine I think he's coming into it and I think Torres will probably end up leading the line on his own with Djokovic still doubtful to start which brings us to the game which I'm really
0: really not looking forward to at all because no doubt it will bring the most evil out in our support their support the players everyone connected with the club. It's second only, for me, to the Liverpool games and City games in general unpleasantness in tone. Uh, We're playing the mighty Leeds United. Dirty
1: Leeds United.
0: Having thoroughly fallen from grace, but beaten us last time we played them and still dining out on that. It's the Carling Cup, so it's not only the Carling Cup, but the opening round of the Carling Cup. So, surely Sir Alex Ferguson is going to play a very, very second-string side, even though it is... Leeds. Yes,
1: he will. Of those defenders that are not playing against Chelsea, the rest of them will play. And we'll have Lindegaard in goal and, and a whole bunch of second-string midfielders or fringe midfielders, all players that just need some game time. And, you know, if Fletcher doesn't play against Chelsea on Sunday, then he'll play against Leeds for sure. And, and one of Nani and, and, and Valencia will probably need some game time and Berbatov needs some games and so does Owen and, and Machado might come into it somewhere and, and Park needs some games. And there's plenty of fringe players that need some games. I'm of course, uh, United fans would love to see Paul Pogba and, and potentially Ravel Morrison, although Morrison's been injured recently. But Paul Pogba might well come into it. I mean, it's a shame in a
0: way that the there are so many second-string players that need games. It means that it's going to be very hard to justify playing Pogba in, in these games, isn't it? It's, it's going to be hard to find a berth for him. Although,
1: you know, central midfield is perhaps the area where there's the least rotation needed. Yes, yes. I, I think I think he's got a good chance of playing on that one. Yeah okay. oh, good. N- not, not too, well, I mean, at least off, off the bench. Uh, not too many um, not too many options for Ferguson at the moment Uh, and uh, I mean if Fletcher plays uh, there's a good chance that uh, Pogba will be given a shot too why not it would be nice to he's he's been doing very well for the reserves he he had a really really good game last week and uh, I think United had a game on Thursday as well I don't actually know what the score was I think we
0: won 1-0 actually because I I saw something about it earlier today but that's incredibly ill-informed
1: yes so yeah, I don't know what his performance was but generally uh, good reviews this season so I yeah, and Ferguson talked about trying to fast track him into into the first team squad. He's certainly been training with the first team as he does feel you know, very lightweight but you know, six months of special training to try and build up some muscles and, and he's certainly got the talent to, to do it so yeah, the Leeds game would be a good one for him given that he won't be playing with like six or seven other kids as well. Reserves won
0: 2 one with goals from Goal Machine Will Keane and Kiko McKay. Yeah,
1: nice, good to see Mikado scored. Yeah, It'd be nice to see Will Keane uh, get some time he's a very talented player but uh, he's does have seven strikers in front of him in a first-team picture.
0: Yeah, it's the worst It's the worst position to be coming through at the moment, probably, except if you're a
1: central defender, I guess that'd be pretty rough, Indeed, too. indeed. I mean, predictions for the games? What do you think? I mean, aside from a, a volatile atmosphere at Edinburgh, i have to say uh, I'm... I'm with you, uh, to some extent, I, I do enjoy the games I mean, against big rivals, but uh, I've been to Elland Road several times and it's never pleasant.
0: No, I can't imagine it's particularly pleasant if you're a Leeds United fan to go to Elland Road. My new, my, my favourite ever
1: Elland Road game, and n- not, not an obvious one in many ways uh, because we've had some fine victories there, but uh, a 0-0 draw shortly after Eric Hansen joined <laughs> us in 1992. I think this is a cup game or was it a league game? I, I actually can't remember, but um, it, it was... Shortly after their new stadium had been built, and so we had the whole of the upper deck, and there were more than 5,000 United fans there. And we had a, a, a paper darts in red issue that uh, said "Thank you very much, for Eric Cantona," and rained them down on and on the Leeds fans below. And uh, yeah, I got a few bottle, a few bottles thrown at me on the way out of that g- game. I think uh, the Leeds fans weren't very happy about that, but it was quite satisfying nonetheless.
0: Hey, so uh, before we do predictions, there's a really a big important shout out, uh, and there is there is a new New candidate, yet another candidate for number one fan of the rank cast from Canada, uh, current incumbent at J. Duke underscore, uh, has had a little baby boy called Owen who was born on Saturday. So many, many congratulations to named you. Named after
1: ha- a, c- a curly haired one?
0: Uh, well, I don't know. Since he was born on Saturday, I can't imagine he was named after uh, Owen Hargreaves. Maybe maybe just a big Michael Owen fan. I don't know. Who knows?
1: Uh, may- maybe J. Duke has been uh, listening to the, uh, the Owen Hargreaves song and uh, Mr. No- no, 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 let's not go there. Let's not go there. It's a newborn son, Edward. It's outrageous scenes. Hey, talking
0: about outrageous scenes. Many, many good wishes from the listeners for your wedding last Saturday, which was what kept us away from the Bolton game. It was, it was fun being at your wedding with like a, there was there was a handful of United fans there, all kind of fervently going outside to get mobile phone signal, coming back and holding up more and more fingers as the goals went in and letting you know that Liverpool had uh, very appropriately lost to celebrate the occasion
1: Yes, I, I think there were there were four United fans there. I think it was it was it was way more than that. Ed. Quite a, quite a lot anyway. Yes, and then the news of each goal was going in, and, and uh, I, yeah, I did get the results. Uh, I, I, well, the goal and the goal scorer relayed to me in very quick order. So yeah, I'm thankful for that because I I couldn't actually sneak a widescreen telly into the into the venue. Absolutely, but many congratulations, Ed, on on your wedding. It was it went off without a hitch. It did, it did, and and will United's games against Chelsea and Leeds go off Without a hitch, she scores.
0: Chelsea. Um, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm a tiny bit nervous because you know the, the form book would suggest that that we've got a, a jolly good chance uh, of winning this game. I'm, I'm going to predict a win, I think maybe a little more nervy than we've been used to in recent times, 2-1.
1: Yeah, 2-1 was uh, a score I was thinking of just now and I think that's probably right. United have conceded goals in, in some games this season. of course. Uh, yeah, Only, uh, yeah, they've now conceded goals in 50% of games. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a 2-1 win is perfectly fair for United. I mean, United it, have uh, plenty of firepower up front I, I don't see how Chelsea can keep us out unless they play extremely defensively so uh, I think United will win 2-1 and I think it, there'll be plenty of goals in the Leeds game so there'll be uh, lots of players that uh, have something to prove so maybe a 3-1 victory at Ellen Road that'd be nice wouldn't it? Um, so I think Rooney and Hernandez a
0: score the two goals that's my bold difficult to predict prediction in the 2-1 win at Chelsea I, I think the Leeds is going to be horrible I think it's going to be 1-0 to us last minute scrappy winner because we'll play a second string side and they won't have played together or or have played hardly at all and it'll all be really discombobulated